Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from Pulse Academia and Industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello, hello, and welcome to IEEE Software Robotics Podcast. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Artash. Hello, my name is Arushi. Mm-hmm. Both the co-founders of Hot Pop Robot. So, this is an organization we made six years back mm-hmm. to bring the talk of space, science, and robotics to yeah. the next generation. Mm-hmm. Great. So, let me ask you because. Many of your peers are to reagent just in robotics. So, how you define robotics? How, if you just from your experience, what is robotics? Well, we are surrounded by robots. Mm-hmm. Robots can be something from something in our household items, like an automatic washing machine. They can also be industrialized robots. Mm-hmm. They can be intelligent drones. So, anything that uses energy to provide a useful work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you have any other thoughts about future robotics? How you would imagine in your age, because you're still young, and you can imagine how the future of robots would be. Is the definition would be the same or be different? Well, I think as uh, we make our robots more complex and um, stronger, then I guess the perception of robotics will change, and we will expect more from robots. Like we may expect robots to make many of their own decisions. And not take too many inputs from robot from humans, mm-hmm. but the basic structure of a robot will be similar to what we have now. Mm-hmm. Great. So many of us would like to know how you and your sister managed to be finalized at NASA Space Abbott Challenge. Could you please tell us more about the challenges and what you face when you have in this competition? Well, so we have been participating mm-hmm. in the NASA Space Abbott Challenge since 2014. Mm-hmm. We make different projects based on the challenges. We make rovers, we make equipment. What kind of challenges you would still have and just do something you would like to improve later on? Well, in our project, some things we would like to improve is several of our robots um, required human inputs to work, but now we're getting fascinated by artificial intelligence, so the mm-hmm. automation of robots and programs. So we want to integrate AI in several of our projects and because mm-hmm. it can really help us solve different challenges. Mm-hmm. Could you pick us to like one of the challenges that really interesting and something you think could be worth to be mentioned now if you have any kind of one of challenges or integrating AI in certain project? What could be this project is? So what one of the recent challenges we did uh, last year was creating basically using satellite data to mm-hmm. solve a, a problem that humans were facing. So there's several droughts that were happening um, in Africa. Yeah. And we decided to make a simulation using satellite data mm-hmm. from the Landsat satellites to predict where the drought would be reaching next. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So because there are many students now, and I would like to ask you how you and your sister get this inspiration from how we make sure that you're really innovative because hard work is one of the factors but because you you're on age and you have to be like 
inspired? How, how we get this inspiration from? Yes. So before we make a project, we always have to come up with a good idea. So mm -hmm. to come up with a good idea, we always inspire ourselves from real world problems around us. Mm -hmm. So both problems that are we are currently facing, as well as challenges that we might face in the future. So intergeneration problems. So for example, we've been working on Marsbot, a robot that will help astronauts in long distance space exploration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Marsbot makes sure that astronauts are happy in space. So it can see if they're happy or if they're sad. So if astronauts are happy, mm -hmm. then the robot will be happy with them. I think because there are a lot of problems around us that we may or may not notice depending on our perspective. So for example, we are very much interested in space. So we love to integrate space problems inside our robots. Mm -hmm. But there's something interesting about being happy or sad. Uh, do you think that robots are really conscious enough to predict what kind of uh, emotional state you are in? Do you think this level is really achieved or we have still to do a lot of work in this aspect? Well, currently robots can use just a single camera actually to predict what emotion are you facing at a certain moment because at the end of the day, we are probably programming it to look for certain features on our mm -hmm. face. But to actually reach the level where a robot can be self-conscious and empathize with humans around it will take much more complex robots and a much higher level of artificial intelligence. So they'll have to have much more understanding about who they are in themselves. And that might still not be for several generations. Mm -hmm. So when you asking um, a peers or a kids in, in early stages, why did they have to learn robotics? If someone asks you why I have to learn about robotics and artificial intelligence, what do you think that could give them like self-confidence or being aware of what's happening around them? Well, Definitely, I think that knowing what's happening around them is very important. So first of all, just finding out about problems around them by reading some magazines like mm -hmm. Economist or a Discover magazine. Yeah. Um, but also, it's very important just to look into topics that you're actually interested in, because AI and robotics can be merged with any subject. So health, uh, space, science, mm -hmm. biology. So. Yeah, I think that um, after that, it's important to note down your ideas um, because you might have a bunch of ideas that you might not think are realistic. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's very simple to learn about what you don't know because there's so many free online courses out there on Udemy, Coursera, that you can learn about what you want. Yeah, great. So I would like to go back when you as early stages of your education. When was the first robot to build at the school? At uh, someone helped you to get this ideas about robotics and artificial intelligence? And what was your feeling when you, uh, your sister, kids, small, really small kids? I think this like six years ago. So, yes, this was six years ago at the 2014 mm -hmm. NASA space apps, yeah. and we were very nervous then because. Mm -hmm. We had not really made any large-scale robots or any operational robots yet. We had only been making simple programs mm -hmm. like a blinking light or making robots as motors run. But then at the hackathon, there were many mentors that were able to help us. And we learned a lot as we went on. Yeah. So when we created our first robot, 
um, a small model of the Curiosity rover that had yep. been recently landed on Mars. Mm -hmm. We got inspired from that and we realized that it was not that hard to actually keep making more complex and more complex robots. So we kept going. Mm -hmm. So if I ask you what could be the misconception about robots, because now it seems you have a, a really great interest in, in the challenges. And what do you think misconception when you're looking to researches done by the leader of the field? Because sometimes you have this criticism um, about what they have been done so far in robotics and AI. What could be misconceptions, do you think? Well, a couple of the big misconceptions about robots and AI um, include, first of all, in just robotics, um, many kids imagine robots as a humanoid figure that will interact with them, mm -hmm. when robots can take off a much bigger diversity of forms. And also, many people are fearing that, uh, that AI and robots will start taking over everyone's jobs. Mm -hmm. And it's, though it's true that many robots are starting to take jobs that were previously done by humans, it's, it's grad, many gradual steps. So it's not going to be at one moment where there's going to be a massive wipeout of human jobs and a large unemployment rate. But slowly, robots will start integrating into the workforce and humans will take on jobs that require um, skills that robots do not have yet. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting point because there is argument here because of course some people say that when new robots integrate in our community, there is new jobs for people. But because you are the coming generation, do you think people who or kids maybe who are not interested in robotics and AI and outside this field, do you think they can manage to get a jobs because if every job is centered around the tech or digital market, so do you have inside kind of, because I think you're thinking ahead of their time and I think we, it's it's about you, the, your generation. So do you think this is true or you don't agree with that? Well, I think that it is important for the next generation to get interested in technology, but there are also gonna be a much wider scale of jobs, for example, um, many doctors, robots are now helping doctors like in surgical operations, mm -hmm. but it's still very important to have humans because humans have still have characteristics that robots cannot develop even in the near future, like empathy and self-consciousness mm -hmm. and actually to be able to relate with the patient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is important, but there's also an, a bunch of other jobs that will also be important for now and a wide scale wipe out of the current jobs by robots will not happen um, just in the next generation, but probably will take still a very long time. Mm -hmm. So do you agree that any decision, any, any significant decision shouldn't be delegated to machine or because something like self-driving cars and we can expect in a couple of years this kind of our this technology in our community. So do you think that any significant decision shouldn't be delegated to a machine or we have to trust a machine or robot? Yeah. Well, that's a very interesting question because already um, we have developed self-driving cars, um, but many humans fear that the rate of collision in these self-driving cars is too high. Mm -hmm. But what many people do not realize is that it's actually safer. Self-driving cars are actually safer than having real people drive on the road because an experiment was that was done showed that self-driving cars had less accidents than human driving mm -hmm. cars when you put it into proportion. 
So, but as for important decisions, like governmental decisions, then definitely robots should be given some responsibility mm-hmm. um, and should be told about the problem because robots, through they can find complex patterns in whatever they have seen, and maybe they could find problems in the decisions that humans have overlooked. Yeah, I agree. So I would like to ask you guys when in the last six years, what is the most exciting robot project you have done? Something you think it's really interesting for you and meaningful as well? Yes. Well, actually, currently I'm working on a new kind of robot Mm -hmm. because many of the robots we see around us are actually very primitive Mm -hmm. because they use, for example, either just a camera for vision or maybe a sound sensor or just a basic algorithm. But I'm working on creating a robot that can completely immerse itself in a new environment and map things such as sound as well as vision, not only just normal vision, but stereotypic vision, so it can get depth perception on the objects around itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it'll also have um, multiple microphones to be able to sense where the sound is coming from. So really, we want robots to have the same senses as humans do. Mm-hmm. That's interesting point, and I would like to ask you, do you get any kind of support for your ideas? Uh, I don't know if in a school or any other organization to be heard because I think that's really interesting to be heard that if you was if you ask any questions like that uh, to a robotics community, research robotics community in academia specifically, do you have any kind of cooperation or support or for your ideas? Yeah, definitely, because we cannot make all these projects on our own. It requires a network of people that we can interact with, ask questions, and that can support us across our maker journey. Mm-hmm. So one example of that is the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada. So it's an astronomical society, and we joined several years back, yeah. and that got us interested into astronomy and space. Mm-hmm. And now so many of our projects integrate that. So it's very important to join local organizations around you that can inspire and support you across your journey. Yeah. So concerning the skills. And yeah, go as ahead. well, yeah, sure. we also visit the Ontario Science Centre very often, mm-hmm. sometimes to show our projects yeah. or just to look at the new demonstrations. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely makes us want to learn more and make more projects. Yeah. Great. So I would like to ask you how we make sure that ideas is really going in the right direction. Because if we speak our of ourselves in academia, sometimes it's like a journey and you don't know what could be expectation from your ideas. So how you manage that you make sure this idea is going to be work or is this trial and error? How it work for you and your sister? Yeah. Well, before making a robot, after coming up with an idea that we like, mm-hmm. we always note things down on paper and pen and try to planify what this robot will do. Mm-hmm. And then look at what kind of impact will this have on humanity as well as future generations. Mm-hmm. But then, so we like to make a prototype of the robot. And after making a couple of models, we know if the robot is working out or not. And if it's not, we try to go back to the paper and pen and try to change how our robot will work and otherwise if it's a new idea that we that still is going strong then we continue making it and upgrading our robots mm-hmm. great so what kind of skills you have learned something 
from this experience, long experience, and I still you seems that your sister passionate about. What kind of skills you learned, most important traits you gained, and what is the most interesting part about building a robot? Something you find really interesting for you, a part of building a robot here. Yes. Well, as for the first part of your question, um, learning has taken um, a long time. So we have developed a lot of skills through presenting and especially attending hackathons. Mm -hmm. So hackathons are an event where you have two days um, to come up with a solution to a problem that has been given. So that really improves our problem solving skills mm -hmm. um, and our skills to be able to work with the materials that we have to make to make um, a project in the time allocated. And I think that's a very important skill to have because it really helps in all the projects that we make. Yeah. And for the second part, to uh, one of the very intriguing parts of making a robot, there's a couple of things. First of all, after we finish making a robot and we go to a school to demonstrate our robot and to show people how it works, mm -hmm. people are fascinated um, by how it does things. Yet, as we know, we've made it. At the end of the day, it's not all that complex. Mm -hmm. And anyone who learns by themselves and applies themselves a little can make the same thing mm -hmm. and improve. Another intriguing thing is after planifying our robot, uh, we have made a certain plan. But as we keep making our robot, we will, we've realized that our plan changes a lot because not only affected by our own self, let's say we go out to the park one day and we find some kind of problem that in the park and we get a spark of idea hey we could integrate this into our robot so robots have kind of their own evolution just like humans do mm -hmm. they evolve as we keep making them better mm -hmm. great so i would like to ask you about the education because i think there's many kids maybe listening we have only one episode with kids in, in, in here in netherlands and um you know that maybe not all the kids have access to kind of education. Maybe they are not aware about that. But I would like to ask you, uh, since you have this great experience, do you think education in general, and, and I'm, I'm talking about primary or preparatory school, do you think that this kind of teaching or, I'm not I'm not speaking of teacher, but I mean the methodology and syllabus you have is really sufficient or we have to integrate more STEM education and practical work like building robots. How do you see this experience if you speak to your peers? I don't know how is this kind of discussion with other peers uh, or people or kids in your age for you and your sister. How do you think about that? Well, in school, I don't think they teach us enough about all the science, technology, mm -hmm. engineering, math, because most of the knowledge that we've gained are through external events yeah. or through online courses. Exactly. And many of the schools think we're too young to actually learn about those topics. Yeah. For example, in school they don't teach much about biology, mm -hmm. but I wanted to learn more about it, so I made a model for dragonfly. Yeah. So, because dragonflies have a very high accuracy of catching their prey. Yeah. So I wanted to replicate that. Mm -hmm. Great. Yes. So I think schools definitely have to up their game 
and provide STEM and hands-on robotic experience yeah. to students in their classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, as you mentioned earlier, uh, all students eventually will have to start getting interested in some branch of technology. Yeah. So it's better to start young. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any thoughts? Because now you are that's the coming generation, and I think this is really interesting point and important point. Because sometimes you waste many years in in studying stuff you are not interested in, and wasting what, what doing something you're passionate about. So do you think what kind of solution do you think, guys, you can recommend if just imagining how education, how we wish education should be realistically? Yes, well, education has been along um, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And yet you may notice that the actual structure of education sitting in a classroom hasn't changed much mm-hmm. for several thousand years. And yeah. that's a problem because school systems have to keep up with modern day technology. Yes. So we imagine that in the near future, um, the best thing to do would be to give a little bit more options to children. So maybe until grade six, um, yeah. students should learn a variety of subjects before getting really interested into one. But in seventh and eighth grade, they should be allowed to pick what they want to work on. Mm-hmm. and be actually given hands-on experience in different classes so they can develop their abilities. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They should have maker spaces in different schools so that kids can experiment experiment making different robots mm-hmm. or whatever they're interested in. Yeah, I agree with you. So I would like to come back when you like five years old I, because there is a Japanese robotist called Mori. He said that since I was a child, I have never liked looking at wax figures. They look somewhat creepy to me. How you would remember robotics at, at early ages, at five? Have you ever heard about robotics? Which, because when we interview other kids, they were afraid from robotics. If it sounds creepy also to them. Do you have the same feeling as well when you were really a small age? A small age? Well, we were introduced actually to robotics at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So at first, maybe when we were very young, um, personally, I did not really fear robots because they looked very fun and amazing. Yeah. Um, but one thing, as we went on, we learned much more about how robots work. And after we learned how they actually operate and what happens inside them, they're much less scary. Mm-hmm. Because most robots you'll see um, that are made to just interact with the public they look very humanoid and yeah. that may confuse children because they look humanoid but their skin looks different um their whole structure looks different so i think by integrating biologic materials with robots we can make robots look more realistic mm-hmm. and make make them basically more integrated into our human life and this will lead to less fear of robots because they'll be more among us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you think one day can be a, like a competition between a human and robots one day? Do you think this kind of competition could happen? Well, in some ways, yes, it can. Because, well, robots have already beat humans at a variety of things. Like, even in 1997, a computational algorithm beat a human at chess. And they've also beat humans at Jeopardy and at AlphaGo, for example. So robots are already competing with humans right yeah. now and eventually such competitions might be able to exist 
but humans with uh sorry robots will already be built with a much larger strength and force capacity so it might rather be between robots and between humans instead of the two together mm-hmm. but do you think there's limitation if we speak about the limitation about robotics now if we just speak about like 10 years coming 10 years what kind of like big challenges or limitation do you think still not easy to be solved or need to be fully considered by academia or industry and even and with your peers at coming generation what could be the limitation or challenges well for limitism challenges um that would prolong for a long time that includes self-awareness and empathy there are both important traits in humans mm-hmm. for example we would not sacrifice um a lot of humans to solve a problem like climate change mm-hmm. but uh, robots may not have the same idea so when training an artificial intelligence in a robot we one thing we have to do is remove the bias from the data so that robots not become biased between different genders or different ethnicities when mm-hmm. making decisions mm-hmm. and bias all, still remains in AI algorithms up to now and I think removing the biasing from AI decisions will still take a long time. Mm-hmm. I think this is very interesting point about bias because that's kind of issue also because it's about human being who make the algorithms and then we can use it. But with that being said, do you think that this kind of related to education background and, and instilling this value at early ages that you not be biased? Of course, human are biased. But what could be solution for that? Well, a solution to reduce the bias overall, um, yes, we'll start at a very young age. Mm-hmm. But to it's already kind similar implanted inside ourselves to be biased in certain decisions. So that is one thing we have to solve. And another thing that will have to be strongly embedded into robots are human rights because all decisions that are made by robots should be hard-coded to obey the human right code. Mm-hmm. So ethics is a very important point in robotics because as we give robots more and more power, they have a much greater responsibility. So they have to have a much stronger ethic code than humans have. Mm-hmm. That's also an interesting point. Do, do you think in that case that humans have to also respect robots, like robot ethics as well? Do you, well, do you agree with that? I I partially agree with you mm-hmm. because robots are not self-conscious yet. So the respect of robots may not have that great an impact on how things work yet. But as robots are, let's say, in the future generations, when we grow up with robots, mm-hmm. we will learn to integrate with them and we won't see them that different from us. So we will start learning to respect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would like to ask you if you uh, hear about soft robotics term, since you said that robotics is really primitive and sometimes traditional. Have you ever heard about soft robotics? Uh, in fact, yes, we have. And we find it very interesting mm-hmm. um, to basically learn from how biological life forms work and integrate them in robotics. because. Humans and other life forms have had millions of years in evolution 
to become better and hone their abilities mm-hmm. on what they work on. So, for example, if we were going to make an underwater robot, then we would might rely, for example, on the design of an octopus. Yeah. So, copy different designs from different animals and leverage that knowledge to make robot robots even better than biologic life forms. Yeah. So, which creature do you think really interesting for you? If since you're interested in biologic biology, so what could be really interesting for you, and you would like to replicate in a robot? Uh, well, a creature. Um, some of the creatures that we find very interesting include the dragonfly, mm-hmm. because they have only sixteen neurons compared to the billions of neurons that humans have. Yeah. And yet their hunting accuracy is one of the highest among all animals. Wow. Um, other creatures that we inspire ourselves from are octopus because their their life system is very different from that humans have. So they have neurons in their limbs as well, uh-huh. or a squid. So they don't have their neural system just focused in one point of their body. But have it spread around, and that may pose a lot of advantages. And also, octopuses have been proved to be very intelligent, and one can even open some can even open jars. Oh yeah, and I would like to ask you: Have you ever like interested in doing research? Why is having like sixteen neurons still function and hunting accurately compared to other creatures? Do you have any kind of supposed answers or proposed answer for that? Well, having so little neurons um, may pose an advantage in some cases because you, it doesn't really take much time to think when you have so little neurons. So it's much more inbuilt into the form of the dragonfly, for example. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to think before making a decision, but immediately when seeing a prey, it activates its wings and flies and catches the prey. Mm-hmm. And do you think this is like kind of intelligence? If I ask you, what is intelligence? Because this something it could be replicated as having a human brain, like for example, or a brain in general, or the body, how the body moves. How do you think about intelligence in general? If we speak about a nature and how we replicate robotics, how you would see intelligence in that case? Because it's interesting now when you see these differences and still exhibit intelligent behavior. Yes. So. Yes, as you said, several animals do um, show very intelligent behavior, even when you, you might not compare them to human yeah. behavior, but they still act very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And the reason probably for that is that every, every different species has evolved in their own environment and their own way. So mm-hmm. aquatic animals, um, ground animals, so they've both become very precise in their own field. So I don't think we can really compare them because all species are extremely good in what they do. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. So I would like to ask you from the experience we had, what could be the most mind-blowing robots you have ever seen, whether in industry or academia? Something really was mind-blowing. Mm. The most mind- mind-blowing robot we've seen is probably um, the Canada arm on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. Because 
In fact, the Canada arm on the earth would not be even be able to support its own weight. Yet, on the International Space Station, the Canada arm is able to catch very high speed objects and dock them with the International Space Station. And the same technology that is used on the Canada arm is also now being used on Earth, for example, to perform surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we ask about what is the most creepy or scary robot you have ever seen as well? Well, some of the most scary robots we have seen are robots that are made to have superhuman capabilities, like extreme strength. For example, a robot that can fall from several floors onto concrete, but can still get up. So these robots show superhuman strength, which creates us to fear them because they perform so well where we might not be able to do. And But I think fear of robots is also very healthy because it helps us develop robots and develop constraints for the robots to make them even safer. Mm-hmm. So when we speak about uh, the like movies like Big Hero 6 and other movies about robotics and iRobot, do you think that it is really like a realistic vision or just like a hoax? And do you think really people can, or human being can develop emotion towards robot? How do you think about this vision that's maybe represented by movies and, and of course transferred to public as well? Well, I think um, at the current stage that we are developing a relationship with um, a robot or starting to like a robot very much is not that possible as robots don't really resemble us in mm-hmm. any way. But as you said, with soft robotics, we can make robots seem even more like humans, make them out of biologic materials, and as they grow even more intelligent, um, one example of the soft robotic application is on the human arm, where mm-hmm. our human arm, we can sense touch on any part of our arm, mm-hmm. and, our, and our skin can also uh, measure humidity or temperature. So as we integrate more of these functions into robots, our relationship with robots might be more possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the next question about robots, because this kind of many articles relating about how kids at school should call robots. It's like he or she or it. I don't know if this you think this is really important to consider. Um, so I would like to ask you first, how you call a robot from your perspective, like he or she or it, and why? Do you think it's important or it's not important at all? I think for now, uh, all our robots, we call it or they, mm-hmm. uh, do not really assign a gender. Mm-hmm. But we aim to create robots that have a much larger diversity. Because if all robots think in the exact same way, then they would not really have um, anything different, so they might not be as useful. We like to name robots after uh, space, something to do related with space. Mm-hmm. For example, we've called one of our robots Artemis after one of the NASA missions. Yeah. or Marsbot, for example. But to actually get a gender, I think that is not um, very important currently, yeah. but may be something to consider in the future generations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you see the current robots, how do you see they are really intelligent? If you compare, because you say that we can't compare intelligent from different species, and, and I agree with that, if, according to have like a brain and, and, and a body and environment as well. So when we have these three factors, how you would see intelligent robot now recently intelligent? Is there this, how how would you see this compared to 
what you see in nature? Well, I think for robots to be uh, truly intelligent and integrated among humans, mm -hmm. they'll have to be doing many functions that humans do, especially social interactions, mm -hmm. like listen to discussions and understand discussions between humans and um, joint conversations, for example. So social skills is something very important for a robot to develop if it would become intelligent in the human community. But as we continue progressing, robots, we want to make them more like humans. Mm -hmm. And humans will also start um, to have more robotic capabilities. For example, we might insert chips in the human or create human-robot interfaces. So humans will be growing more like robots and robots growing more like humans. And that will cause a much bigger, larger bond between them. Yeah. And it'll make them much more comparable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So w when you look to, I would like to ask how you, your such a vision about research in, in, in developed by organizations and academia and etc. Do you think the question we have all the on our review, how we can make sure that robotics is going to be beneficial to humanity as a whole? How how you could answer this question from your perspective? How we can make sure robotics is beneficial to humanity as a whole? I think that that is something very important to consider in robots. Mm -hmm. And one of the possible solutions to that would be to have a code of conduct for robots, including human rights and ethics, and hard-coded into every decision that's made by robots. Mm -hmm. But do you think this is something have been already taken, considered realistically in research? Do you think that's this is hard, really hard-coded in, uh, in, in developed research for robotics and AI? Uh, research and development in AI is one of the definitely one of the most important aspects. Yeah. And without it, we wouldn't be able to keep creating um, better robots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would like to ask you about: um, Do you think that kind of emotion? How how we can develop emotion in robotics? If we speak about in terms of biology, so how we can integrate this in robotics? Well, to give uh, robots the ability to feel emotion is important, first of all, because um, it's also something that helps in learning of robotics, because emotion does help us in several decisions. Mm -hmm. And to integrate emotion into robots um, will probably require robots to be self-aware as well. Mm -hmm. So that is still several steps away. But for a start, I think emotion would probably be hard-coded in robots and not true emotion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. So do you have uh, you any robots at your home? Yes. In fact, we have almost we have more robots than humans at our home because uh, we've been working on robots for six years. Mm -hmm. And over this time, we like to keep all of our robots that we've made because they serve as inspiration and building blocks for future projects. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we build many battle bots. Mm -hmm. So I made a one pound battle bot, and we often go to co competitions to yeah. see how our battle bots perform. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to ask you if you have any robots like serving in your home, doing cooking or something, because do you have any kind of robots or now in your home? Uh, we don't have those kind of robots. But we do have the normal kind of robots that help us in day-to-day -day activities like computers mm -hmm. or a cooking stove that do make our work more efficient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I would like to ask you how, how your parents access with you when you speak about robotics and are they really engaged with you or how do you act? Well, yes, in fact, our parents are very into robotics and what we do. Um, and they support us in several, a lot of all of our projects. Mm -hmm. And we are like a family maker group. Yes. Because it's important to get help from and uh, support from several organizations outside our house also, like the Ontario Science and Relational Society of Canada, as they provide support and serve as a network group so where we can bounce ideas and receive feedback from them. Yeah, great. So I would like to ask you, what, what kind of robot do you think we wanted to build for solving uh, um, one of the serious problems that humanity is facing? What kind of problems is really you think have to be considered as soon as possible and could be robot or AI helping in, in, in solving it? Well, the biggest problem that humanity is facing right now is definitely climate change mm -hmm. and global warming. Because it is a problem that if we keep going at the same rate of pollution, then we will cross the line of no return. And it will be impossible to restore the environment as to what it was before we came on Earth. And that's a problem that we have to tackle um, very soon. And that's where robotics and artificial intelligence can come in. Yeah. Um, but another field that we have to invest in is space exploration, because we have to spread out our, our population among several settlements in space. And we're already starting to uh, build robots that will help us to colonize Mars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do, what do you think who is really responsible with that is like government or how we can react to solve this issue from your perspective? Who is responsible for that? I think everyone is responsible mm -hmm. for this problem because everyone is polluting in several ways. Because cars, for example, is yeah. one of the highest regions for pollution and factories. So we're all responsible. And if we are to try to solve this problem, we have to be all in a group, all of humanity has to be together in it. We cannot have a different government trying to solve the problem simultaneously without working together. So that'll require a very big national effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I ask you how you would imagine robots in the future, what could be kind of imagination comes to your mind? Something really not have been done so far, but something really maybe fancier. How will you imagine the future? In your literary imagination? Well, in the future, as robots have developed um, and become much more integrated with human society, I think that I would imagine that we will be growing up with robots. Mm -hmm. Robots that can help us in every, everyday tasks and leave us more room to do what we are interested in one and what we want to pursue. So robots would also have to have um, very big communication skills with humans so that we can properly interact with them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And eventually you should also be self-aware. Yeah, yeah. So when we see now like robots for uh, helping uh, elder people, do you think there is something really like uh, enough strides to helping this kind of issue, helping elder people or lawless? Do you think robots can or AI can really integrate in that? Well, 
Yes, in fact, robots are already being used to interact with several medical patients. Mm -hmm. Like in hospitals, um, in people who might be paralyzed or cannot talk, uh, there's new technologies that allow humans to interact with a kind of intelligent chatbot mm -hmm. that make them feel better. Or a robot in their, and for example, an older person's household that can evaluate their emotions and make sure um, their daily routine is going fine and try to detect anything that's off in their routine so that it can fetch help or try to solve the problem. Yeah, great. So I would like to ask you guys what, what the most inspiring book have you ever read? Well, for me, the most interesting book I've read is Surely You're Joking by Richard Feynman. Mm -hmm. And why I think this book is so inspirational is that it shows how um, even some of the most intelligent people who have done so much research in science and yeah. physics and maths in their life can also be very fun and have a very normal life. So mm -hmm. just because you go into technology doesn't mean your life is going to be different. You can, your social life still remains the same. And that's um, what's so inspiring about that book. Ask you how you, if, how you can balance between working in, in real, maybe complex or robotics project. Of course, it takes time and thinking, and, but how you balance between the social life and your professional life? If I ask you, how you make sure that it not, one of them affects each other? Yes. Well, as we as we continue progressing in technology, um, many more people will actually be going into this field. So everyone will be working in some aspect of technology or science. And since everyone's doing it, the, the social connection is much stronger. Mm -hmm. For example, yeah. um, I also do rock climbing mm -hmm. and pool. And right now I'm building a submarine. Uh -huh. So, it will go in the water and collect information about it? Yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah, so as long you don't have to do it, uh, science, research, and development every single a moment of your free time, but doing a little bit of every day is important. Yeah, I agree. So, I would like to ask you what your goals? Uh, of course, the dreams is important, but I think goals is more realistic. What are your goals, guys? If just I ask you. What your goals or maybe dreams if you would like to name it like that yes well um in the future i want to keep studying robotics and artificial intelligence mm -hmm. as well as rockets yeah so i want to i want to basically um make make rockets and robots part of our daily life i think that every country should have access to a rockets for example canada yeah. Um, we've done so much research into space and robotics, yet we don't have our own own launch capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that every developed country should have access, or even undeveloped countries should have launch capabilities. Yeah, I agree. That's one one of my goals when mm -hmm. I grow up. Uh huh. And if I ask you, someone from like a, a CEO companies or leaders recently inspires you from the current like picture we have. Because I think Elon Musk, for example, he I think he has kind of his dream and and he has SpaceX. Do, do you thought do you have any someone who is really inspire you in that or? Yes, um, in fact, Elon Musk is one of the main ones yeah. because he has proved he has revolutionized the rocketing technology and has showed that making reusable rockets 
is very much possible all in less than one lifetime so i think it's very inspirational and it shows that you can have a huge impact mm-hmm. on a certain technology um in just your lifetime yeah yeah so what advice maybe was given to you and and was a life changing for you in these early ages and you would like to share with your peers if you have any advices well one advice i would like to share uh with my peers are five points that we've looked over several times when we come up with projects so the first out of five points would be to come up with a good idea so something that interests you and that you are willing to keep working on and to keep thinking of the big picture mm-hmm. when finding an idea and another important thing to do after that is to note down your idea and make a kind of plan of action that you want to keep up with yeah. then once you know what you want to build there might be a lot of things that you do not know and need to learn but that's not a problem because there's so many online courses these days and you can learn whatever you want if you mm-hmm. want to learn robotics you can attend a workshop and then at the end of the day to completely master your subject and master your project it's important to go and demonstrate your project to other people mm-hmm. and show how it works and that will really build up your self confidence in your own skills yeah great so last questions before we go what something did you wish from elder generation to do or consider when you looked because sometimes when we are kids looking why did they do that do you have any kind of thoughts about that uh yes i i do one of the things that um i wish that the previous generations had done differently is that there has been a lot of industrialization in the last couple of generations so a lot of work on trying to basically do large scale manufacturing mm-hmm. but had, that has also had a very big impact on the environment so but i think that now they should have invested in other technologies that can make electricity without actually polluting mm-hmm. for example nuclear fission yeah or nuclear fusion for example that is now being put research in and that could provide a lot of energy without actually having much impact on our climate Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, that's true. And I would like to ask you at the end uh, for you all, if you have any final words you would like to share with robotics community and um, yeah, any final words you have. Well, one thing that I always have found useful is first of all to work hard and to join a lot of different organizations around you that will support you throughout your maker journey. and that's very important because you can bounce ideas on them get feedback as well as get experience in helping other people with their projects and learn more about things around uh one other important thing is mathematics mm-hmm. because mathematics is the core behind so many topics for example ai is hardcore based on math yeah. matrices linear algebra are very important when you want to create new projects yeah. or new algorithms yeah exactly That's interesting. And 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 then about Costa and Bob of IEEE Soft Robotics TC. I would like to thank for your time and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks. you.